my red phone book. Let's turn to number Lock 331. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. He's soldiers of the cross. This high his royal banner. It was not the
Uh, let's turn to 174. 174. 174. Uh, we need. I tell you what, we forgot to pray for. We forgot to pray for our piano player, who's mentioned this morning. Yeah, we need to lift Joanna up. I know she's probably shaking her fist at me this morning, but we didn't forget you, sister. Uh, but just remember to pray for Joanne, pray for her to get well, and be back here with us real soon. All right, number 174, the unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of the home Oh, 
They were running around with a no fear sticker on them. And I figure most of them people have some fear. Amen? But I'm going to tell you, when you know the Lord Jesus Christ, when you're close to him, there is no reason to have fear. Like I said this morning, I wish I had a map. I told you in Sunday school, I wish I had a map this morning back here where I could show you where all these cities are because when you say the name and you can't see a place on the map, it, it hinders you in visualizing, but I'll do the best that I can. So you pray for me this morning. I'm not going to read before I preach because we're going to cover the whole chapter. So let's go ahead and pray and ask God to meet with us and uh, and to bless us this morning. Let's, let's pray. Father, Lord, the best that we know how, we come before you. And, Lord, we need you. Oh, Father, my Father in heaven, Lord, I, I need you. Help me, Lord, to preach. I want to preach, Lord, so much. I want, Lord, to pour myself out this morning. Lord, God, help me. Put your hand on me. I'm your, I'm your instrument, Lord. You've chosen. And I pray, Father, that you take me and ring me out this morning for your people. Lord, fill me up to the brim with all the truth you have to give and ring me out. Lord, I'll be, I'll be grateful to give you honor and glory. I know it's not me. It's you, Father. It's you all the way. Lord, I want to be an honorable vessel this morning. So, Lord, clean me, fill me, and pour me out over and over. And, Lord, I pray for each one that hears, Lord, that they be prepared to, to receive it, Lord, to be a vessel to receive it, and, Lord, to let it work down in them and then to pass it on to somebody else. Father, I'm thankful that the Word of God never gets old. I'm thankful, Lord, that we never run out. Father, I ask you, please, use me this morning. I'm in your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's get into this and let's look. So you remember you remember last week? Well, was it last week? Yeah, it was last week, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember. We skipped a week in there, but I think that was the week before. Yeah, that was the week before. Last week. Paul, he took them to the Old Testament, and he took them back to the Old Testament, and he showed them the, the what gospel, right? Remember, to the Jews, it was the who gospel. Not that there was two gospels, but they came from a different view looking for the Messiah, so he, they had to point them to the Messiah, as to who, who Christ was, the Son of God, all right? They had to believe that before they could believe that he had paid their penalty for their sin. So they had to believe who he was. But you get to these Gentiles, they don't know all that Old Testament stuff. What they have to believe on is what he's done. And that's what we believe. When I got saved, of course, naturally I believed he was the Son of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost of God showed me that. But I had to believe on the finished work on the cross of Calvary, what Jesus did for me. It's all about his blood. Amen. And we talked about that, and we got that nailed down last week, that it is all about the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's look. So here, they, they're, uh, they have left the Isle of Crete before, and they went up into, uh, I, I want to say they went through to Atalia or Atalia, or however you say it, and they went up into, uh, let's see, let me make sure I got it right. They went up into Pergus, I think. Pat, or what was it, Pavus or Pergus? They went to Perga in Pamphylia, that's right. And so they've gone now, they've gone now into Iconium. They went a little further into a city called Iconium. And the Bible says, and it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so it was like what it was before, where they went into the, they went into the synagogue and they sat down and the word was read, and then after the word was read, there was an opportunity for testimony to be given. And so they sat down and they waited. And so <clears throat> when they had that opportunity, the Bible says, and they so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. So they, they, they used the word of God, just like Paul did last, last week when we were talking. He used the word of God, and he took them through the scriptures, and he showed them that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the Living God? They proved that the Jews he proved that the Jews had crucified the Son of Glory, and, and that He is the Messiah. And so many of the Jews believed, and also the Greeks believed. So he preached not only who he was, but he had to preach what he had done as well. But the Bible, you know, and you see here it says a great multitude. So while the gospel is having wonderful success. The Jewish religion is not. 
The Jewish religion is suffering a complete disaster. People are getting saved in those synagogues, and when they get saved in those synagogues, they don't need to sit and listen to a, a, a message of a law that won't save them anymore. So guess what? They're probably not coming back next Saturday. I don't. I can't swear that, but they probably not. And if they not, if they do come back, they're, they're, they may be challenging the priests on some of the things that they're saying. So it's becoming a disaster for for the the, the priests in the temple, and so they don't like it at all. And the Bible says, "But the unbelieving Jews." So here's the crowd that don't want them in there preaching that. They stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. I, I suppose they said things like, you know. These guys have come in here and they have tried to change everything. You know, we've lived in peace and harmony together and got along up until now, and we've gotten, we found a way to get along even though we believe different, this, that, and other. And now these guys have come in and tried to tear up everything. And if you don't put a stop to it, it's going to ruin this whole city. I can hear them now. You've got to stop this. This is this is absolute outrage. They're going to ruin our people. Stirred them up and made their minds evil affected against them. And so we've got to get rid of these guys. And the Bible says that long time, therefore, long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord. So they didn't just show up that one Saturday and, and preach. They continued to come back in Iconium. They continued to go out into the community and witness and go from house to house and share and visit. All right, so they're, they're doing all kinds of a work there in Iconium, speaking boldly in the Lord. And the Bible says they gave testimony unto the word of his grace, that it is nothing to do with us, that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Amen. They're preaching grace. That it ain't nothing man can do. It's all God in his free grace. And the Bible said, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hand. So the Lord is allowing Paul and Barnabas to do miracles. And you may say, why in the world is he doing miracles for the apostles of the Gentiles? Because he's amongst a lot of Jews. And remember, the Jews require a sign. So God is allowing Paul to still do these signs, these miracles, and, and he has this, and it's God giving him this power. It's not power that Paul says, okay, well, I'm out here in the desert, I ain't getting to drink, I'll just make me a cup of coffee. That ain't how that works. He wasn't just doing miracles as he wanted to, he was doing miracles as God allowed him or wanted him to do them. Now, I'm going to say this, and you take what it's worth. But I believe with all my heart. You remember Peter here a while back? Peter Peter was sleeping on a rooftop in Joppa, and the Lord showed him, let the sheep down, told him to go to Cornelius' house, and he went and he preached to the Gentiles, and, and, and the Gentiles had a little revival meeting over there. You remember? And he came back and he told them in Jerusalem what had happened, and but then nothing more was ever made about the Gentiles with Peter. Peter totally gave up on Gentiles right then and there. He didn't go back. I believe with all my heart that Paul did all the things that he did because Peter didn't go. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm going to tell you something. We're going to see here that Peter, if Paul is going to repeat a miracle that Peter did. It's almost as if Peter, Paul took up Peter's mantle that he didn't want to take. Now, I can't swear to that, and we get to heaven, we'll ask him, but it sure seems that way because God sent Peter first. All right? Now, so the Bible said, but the multitude of the city was divided. And part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. I don't know how big the city of Iconium was, but can you imagine? You got half the city that wants to wants to wants to follow Christ, and half the city that's the way it used to be. And uh, you know, you got to understand the people that the way they like the way it used to be. Some is some has gone on in their town. I mean, they're going to be on on edge and in an uproar because everything is changing. And I, and I don't know anybody who likes drastic change. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know anybody that just loves drastic change. Well, these people, again, they're lost. They're in their flesh. Things are changing all around them. We don't like this. We don't want this. So, 
Bible says in verse 5, and when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. So they, they, they got together and they had hatched a plan and they said, listen, we're going to have to... We're going to have to catch these guys, and when we catch them, we're going to give it. We're going to give it to them, and we're going to we're going to hurt them. We're going to stone them. We're going to kill them. So that's all there is. To it. Listen, I will tell you, preaching the gospel is a dangerous business if you're in an area where they don't want the gospel preached. It's dangerous business. The devil is behind them. The devil wants to destroy the preaching of the gospel. These men are not just in their corner of flesh saying, hey, I don't like this. The devil is behind it all. We never need to forget that. Oftentimes we, 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 tend to, we tend to look at men as corrupt. We forget where the corruption comes from. There is an evil at work behind them, pushing to destroy what God is trying to do. So, so you've got all these people, they're planning to, they're planning to kill all the burdens. And the Bible said to stone them, and the Bible said they were aware of it, so they found out about it, and the Bible said they fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Laconia, and under the region that lieth about, lieth round about, and there they preached the gospel. So they found out, well, we're going to get killed if we stay there, so they said it's better that we get out of town. Now I want you to notice, that's the attitude of Paul at this point. Paul is not yet fearless. But Paul is heading toward fearlessness. I want you to understand. There's going to be some things that should take place that is going to change his outlook forever. I haven't seen it this clear until this week when I'm looking at this, but it's just jumped out as plain as the nose on my face to me. I mean, they were ready again. The whole city's going to get us. We better get out of town. So they're headed down the road, or actually they're headed back east across, across, the, across the countryside to the city of Lystra and Derby, which was next to it. And, and the Bible said to the region of life about And there they preached the gospel, and there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet. So he's a crippled man, being crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked. So he's sitting there watching and listening to Paul preaching. And the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly, Paul sitting there watching him while he preaches. Paul caught his eye and was watching. Sometimes you do that when you preach it. You'll see somebody else sitting out there listening, and man, they're really into it, and you start preaching to them because you can tell they're really paying attention to what you're saying, and they're only for what you're saying. And that's what Paul was doing. He was looking out there, and he saw this young man sitting there, crippled fellow sitting there, and, and he's watching him intently. All right? And, and, and Paul said he, he perceived that he had the faith to be healed. And he said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. God never stood up in his life. The Bible said, and he leaped and he walked. Remember Peter, James, and John going into the temple? Men begging alms. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and he lifted him. I say, Peter, Peter and Paul, it's a, Paul repeats a lot of the same miracles of Peter. But the difference is more power in Paul's, you see. Because Peter's, he had to lift him up by the hand. Paul, Paul, all Paul did was speak as they stand up. Uh, again, I don't know if he's making anything out of it, but I, I see that he's repeating these, these miracles of Peter. So he jumped up and he walked around. And the Bible says when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Laconia, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. These are not people who are, we're not talking about people who are, are, are Jewish. We're not talking about the Jews in the synagogue. We're talking about the heathen, pagan people of, uh, of Lystra. These, these are people who worship Roman gods and Greek gods and all these different gods and goddesses. These people are the ones who are watching this. And Peter, Paul's preaching, and this guy, he healed him, he stands up on his feet, and everybody said, said the gods have come down to us. These gods, that they, these false gods that they had been worshiping, and they called Barnabas Jupiter. Jupiter, that's the god of thunder. Uh, they called him that. And then they called 
they called Paul Mercurius or Mercury because he was the chief speaker. I want to say that was their god of communication, Mercury. I looked it up. I was looking at that earlier. So they, 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 they said, these are gods. And when they said that, the priest of Jupiter, the Bible said, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands under the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people. Oh, man, I mean, they got the uproar. They said, hey, 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 the God that the Jupiter's come down to earth, Mercury's come down to earth, go get, go get some sacrifice. Let's, let's, let's sacrifice. Let's have a big pagan festival here to the, to the gods that have come down to us. Now, do you all remember what happened when Herod, here a while back, a few chapters back, he went and spoke and he was wearing a, Mr. Cozy was wearing a woven silver garment. The sunlight was hitting him. It was just beaming lights everywhere out from him. And, and they said, it's a voice of a God and not of a man. And, it's, and he, he, he liked that. And when, when, when he didn't rebuke him, he was smitten with, with worms. And the angel Lord smote him and he died. And here we have everybody shouting, it's God's come down to us. And you notice what the reaction was from Paul and Barnabas. When the, when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard, when they heard of that, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out. When it, and, and, and when they said they rent their clothes, that don't mean that those people pay money and wear them. Of course, it meant they reached up and grabbed them, and they went, rip! And they ripped them from ripped them wide open, tore their garments wide open, or, or reached down and yanked them off and flung them off of them. And that was a, that was a, that was a symbol of, of disgust. That was a symbol of, 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 of absolute repulsion. And they cried out. They, they cried out and said, Sirs, why do you do these things? We are men of like passions with you. We're just men. Don't dare call us a God. I believe Paul had heard about what happened to Herod. I think Paul was like, I'm going to make very abundantly plain that I ain't nothing but a servant of the living God. He said, don't do this. I am the same as you. He said, and I preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities. This is emptiness. That's what that vanity means. It's absolutely worth, a worthless waste of your time unto the living God which made heaven and earth and the sea, and all the things that are in, therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own way. <clears throat> Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good, and he gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these things, scarce restrained they the people which had not done, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. They were trying their best to stop these men from coming in there and equipment and all that pagan a festival all around them, but the Bible said they scarcely restrained them. No matter what Paul said, they were bent and determined that they were going to have their little pagan festival. Right in the middle of all that, there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium. Well, that was the first place they were at when they had trouble with it. They came from Antioch. They didn't want to hear it down there. There's a bunch of them down there that got mad run them off. Remember what they done? Shook the dirt off their feet. Okay. Then they went down to Anaconda. What did they want to do? They want to stone them to death. So you got people that are mad from Antioch of Pisidia. you got people that are mad from Iconium. And they all get together. They say, hey, they went down yonder. Let's go down yonder and get them. So in the midst of all these things happening, you say it couldn't get any worse. Oh, yeah, it got worse, lots worse. I mean, Paul and Barnabas, they thought they were going to have a good day preaching, but they got out there, and it turned into a terrible, disastrous day. Not only did they not hear them, they thought they were pagan gods and start worshiping them, and they can't stop them from doing it. And then in the middle of all that, here comes these Jews that want to kill them, in the middle of all this frenzy, and they turn to all these pagans and say, hey, these guys are fraudulent, these guys are corrupt, Things in our cities, two cities down. We need to get rid of these guys. And they persuaded the people, the Bible said. And having stoned Paul 
threw him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. So what did they do? They they ran him over into a place where they had designated stone people. It was a pit. Put him down in there. There's nowhere you could run. And people gather all around the pit. And they pick up rocks. They pick up rocks, big big holes with both hands, and get them over the edge and throw them down there. Can you imagine somebody throwing a rock this big hit you in the head I mean, you, you, you're, you're very blessed if you're knocked unconscious on the first lick. But, but they kept throwing and kept throwing and kept throwing. And oftentimes it said that they would just keep throwing rocks until they completely buried a person in the rocks. And oftentimes that's where they buried them. They just left them there, covered up in a pile of rocks. Well, they kept throwing rocks and kept throwing rocks and kept throwing rocks until Paul was laying there lifeless. And the Bible said they drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. So they picked him up and they carried him outside the city and threw him outside the gates. They took his lifeless body and threw him out on the side of the road like a, like a dead dog. Now I want you to turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Paul's going to talk about this. I know you all know where I'm going, but it won't hurt to turn there and read it. 2 Corinthians Chapter 12, verses 2 through 4. 1 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. Paul talks about this experience he had after he got stoned. He said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. And if you take where he's at right now, when he says this, when he, or when he writes that letter in 2 Corinthians, and you go back 14 years ago, you'll find yourself right here in the timeline in Acts chapter 14. So we know Paul's talking about himself. And he says, for about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. Now, why do he say that? Well, because he's lay, he, his body, he's, his body's a dead body laid on the side of the road. How does he know how it was? He wasn't there. He was gone from his body. And he said, God knows, though. God knows what happened to me. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. That don't mean he was floating around up above our heads. It don't mean he was up in outer space somewhere. It means he was in the presence of God Almighty. Caught up to the third heaven. As far as I know, you cannot go all that far until you die. So he is caught up to the third heaven, and he said, and I knew such a man, again, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. I wish I knew what he heard. I really do, but I understand he couldn't tell us down here when he got back. But I want you I want you to understand. This man had seen Christ on the road to Damascus. This man had spent three years out on the backside of the desert, down around Mount Sinai, with the Lord Jesus Christ ministering and showing him and giving him the doctrine that he was to teach. So he had spent time in Christ's presence because an apostle is one who had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. He had been with the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth ministering and talking to him, but now he has transported him up into heaven, and he's standing up in heaven talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's up in heaven amongst the throne of God seeing and hearing what he is destined to head toward as soon as he closes his eyes in death on this earth. Now I want you to look and see what happened. Okay? He said he was caught up in the paradise. He heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Again, now look in verse 20 in our text. How then, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up. God raised that man up from the dead right there on the side of the road. Now get to the next line. And came into the city. What city? Lystra, the one where they just stoned him to death. Now you can say it how you want to say it, but here's how I see it. Paul got up and went, what? What? I was just in heaven with Jesus. Why am I back here? I'm going back there to get food to you. I'm going back. That's how I see it. Paul said, uh-uh, no, I don't want to be down here. I want to go back. Can you imagine them guys that just throw them rocks and killed him? 
I look up, and here he comes walking back into town for some more. That blows my mind, folks. You said, that man was crazy. No, that man was full of the Holy Ghost. That man had not a fear in his body. Amen. God had reassured him, hey, you're doing right. You're in a right spot. I got you. You're going to go. You're going to make it all through all this, and I'm going to take you through it. It's going to be all right. Get up and keep going. He comes and just marched back. Fearless. Fearless. Let me tell you something. When you get enough God, you can get fearless. When you get close enough to the Lord, you lose your fear. You say, what have I got to be afraid of? Now, this world can only do so much to me. What have I to fear? He was like, you're not going to threaten me with that. What do y'all think y'all are doing? He's like, is that all you got? Is that the best you got? Amen. Listen, that makes me want to shout. Amen. That Paul was so full of God. And he came out. He's like, what are you, what are you going to do now? You're trying to shut God up. What are you going to do now? I'm back. He sent me back. What are you going to do? I came to preach. You're not going to stop me. Amen. I want this kind of fire. I want that kind of fire. You know what, devil? I don't care what you throw at me in this world. I don't care. It don't make no difference. I know where I'm going. I know what's waiting to hit the end of this road for me, and you ain't going to get me intimidated. You drag your best at me, you grow more, but I'm not stopping. I'm not trying to challenge the devil. Don't take me the wrong way. But I'm going to tell you something. If God's on my side, who can be against me? That's what God says. God be for us. Who can be against us? So they, he got up and walked right back. It's just amazing to me that he got up and walked right back. And the Bible said when they had preached the gospel to that city, and it taught me because I went to Derby the next day. So, I, I mean, I, I picture this man bandaged up pretty heavily. He had to have been. You throw rocks at him one after another, and you're going to break his skull. You're going to cut his head open. You're going to, I don't know how many gashes he had all over him from those rocks that hit him. And he gets up. Again, he comes back in. He comes back into Lister. And, and, and then he, he saves the life there and gets up the next morning. Oh, my goodness. You can't imagine how sore he had to have been. But he got up. And he, and he walked into Derby. And he preached there. He preached there. Lord have mercy, some of us can't come to church if we got some little something wrong with us. This man went with all kinds of concussions and lacerations and broken bones and preached. Preached the gospel of that city and it taught many. They returned again to Lystra. He went back again to the place where they stopped. He, I mean, he ain't got no quit, folks. I mean, there had to be people around him saying, Paul, you, have you lost your mind? They've already killed you once. You're going to get killed again. You're a glutton for punishment, man. The gospel, I guarantee you there was some of the brethren. I guarantee you there was some of the weaker brethren saying, Paul, don't tempt God. You're tempting God. Don't do that, man. Don't tempt God. I guarantee you there were people like that. There's all kinds of people. You're trying to do something great for God. That's like, Man, I wouldn't do it. Don't you stop. Don't step out like that. Well, you don't know God's busy in that with you, man. I, that's too big of a song. There's lots of people that throw wet blanket on you if you get excited, ready to do something to God. <clears throat> but I, I want you to notice, they, again, he returned to Lystra. He did not, listen to me, there was a lot of people got saved in that city. A lot of people got saved in that city. There were people there were forming a church in that city after they preached there. And it would have. And can you imagine what kind of a testimony Paul would have had if he were scared to go back and preach and teach and help them establish that church? He said, God, God would never call me to do that dangerous. God may call you to do all kinds of things dangerous. There's been a lot of missionaries been called to do all kinds of dangerous things that have died in the service of the Lord. Some, some before they ever got their purpose accomplished. But yet, and immediately my mind goes to Jim Elliot. Immediately, I mean, he went and flew down to the Muxa Aka Indians trying to reach them. And, 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 and 
the first time that they made contact, they killed him. Yeah, his wife Elizabeth Elliot's widely known all over the all over the world, and she did a great, tremendous work after his after his death. But it, you know what? He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to go. The Bible said they went to Lystra, they went to Iconium, and they went to Antioch. They went back to the cities that hated them. He went back. The one way we're going, we're going to stone him in Antioch. We're going to stone him in Iconium. They ran out of town in Antioch. They stoned him in Lystra, but he went back to every single one of them. Verse 22. Why did he, why did he go back? Confirming the souls of the disciples. Going back and making sure they understood the teaching of the Word of God. Making sure that they understood that salvation was by grace through faith in Christ alone. He went back and, 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 and exhorted them, the Bible says, exhorted them to continue in the faith. That, and he said, notice what he says, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you, I bet he did that with bandages all over his head. He probably did that. I'm telling you, he probably was scarred and skipped and scabbed and bruised. And don't tell you how many shades of colors and the bruises all over him, but stood up in there and with that kind of a powerful testimony and said, don't quit. Don't quit. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say, I'm going to give up when I look at him and say, look what he did. He didn't quit. What a powerful testimony for somebody to just keep on going. Ain't got, I mean, he's like the energizer money. He just keeps going. Ain't no quit in him. Oh, I urge you this morning, make up your mind that there's no quit in you either. Make up your mind that no matter what happens in this life, it is not going to deter you on the road to glory. Make up your mind that the devil, that no matter what he fires at you, cannot keep you from your goal. Because God is the one who's driving you. God is the one who's putting your feet one in front of the other. God is the one who's drawing you to a, to a finished and completed end. God is in control, and we need not bow down, quit, or sit down, or give up because the devil threatens us. <clears throat> so he's telling us, look, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be hardships. It may get dangerous for some of us, but we cannot quit. And there must have been some men who stood up and said, you know what, Paul, we believe you. Because they were ordained, elders ordained in every church. So there were godly men who stood up and said, Paul, I'll take the charge. I'll take the challenge. I'll go out into this community. I'll go out into this country. And I'll preach Christ to them. And I'll tell them that Jesus has paid the ultimate price for their sins. And about believing on him and what he's done and his shed blood, they can have salvation as well. I'm going to tell you, it, 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 it spreads. When one Christian gets courage in the Lord, another says, hey, we can do something here. That's how revival takes place. You know that's how revival takes place? God deals with one, and they get concerned and convicted, and, and they, they get on their knees, and like we were talking about, in the Sunday school, they repent. They say, God, I've been wasting all this time. I've been making a mess of this life you gave me to live. I've been making a mess of my salvation. Lord God, please, I need you in control. I'm going to get off the throne of my heart. I'm going to let you back on the seat. You belong home, and you have got the wheel. And when one of them right, then it spreads. Others say, man, I need that too. I need that too. Before I Everybody wants my God. Well, I'm going to tell you, when one gets on fire and says, you know what, from hell to water, I'm going to serve Jesus. He's not going to stop me. Hell's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep going. No matter what happens, I'm going to keep going. Somebody else says, hey, I'm going too. Or the same says, I'm going with you. We're going together. And then you got things happening for the Lord. As long as everybody's sitting around waiting on somebody else to jump up and say, I'll go, nobody does. Nobody does much. <clears throat> so they ordained them elders in every church. And the Bible said they had, when they had prayed with fasting. So they seriously were seeking the Lord. They commended them to the Lord. On whom they believe, they they said, "Here we're going to leave. We're going back to where we came from. But you, are, we we we're going to put our hands on you and pray for you, and we're turning you over to God. And, 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 and listen, He's going to guide you. He's going to take care of you, and He's going to He's going to bring you through, reaching all that you need to reach." The Bible said, and after they had passed throughout Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. 
And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went back again. They went back the way they came. They went down to Italia. That's down to coast. And from thence they sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. So it wasn't easy, was it? The devil tried to stop them the whole way. It ain't never going to be easy. When you said, listen, if, if somebody here this morning, if God were to begin to work on your heart and say, you need to be a witness for, for Christ. You need to be a better witness than, than, than you have been. I promise you, you'll face some difficulty. Again, because you've got to deal with a fight. But I promise you this, God will give you all the help you need to accomplish what he sets you out to do. And you'll inspire somebody else, inspire somebody else, who inspire somebody else. We can't we can't sit around and look at the times we're living in and say, oh, it's just too tough. It's just too difficult. It's too dangerous. Listen, if we live, if we live like that, the world's going to go to hell. We, we can't look at the world and see the, and see the danger and let that scare us. And we have a God who's, who's all-powerful. And the Bible says that, verse 27, and when they would come and had gathered the church together, that's the church at Antioch, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And they abode long time with the disciples. He opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. It, it took some suffering. It, it took some trial. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't easy. I mean, Paul, Paul, Paul had to endure suffering. He had to... He had to uh, he had to face opposition. He had to he had to suffer physically. But nevertheless, did he stop? No, he got more determined. It seemed like the more the devil tried to do against him, the more determined Paul became. I'm going to tell you something this morning. If we never get determined, we'll never accomplish anything. If we never decide to go all in for Jesus, we'll never see what all Jesus can do. But if you, I, one of us, God begin to work on us, and we submit to him, and we take a hold of his commission that God has given to each and every one of us, and we put it in God's hands, oh, we'll face some opposition. But if we won't quit, we'll make a determination, God, I'm, I'm going to stay with you the whole way. I'm not going to give up. I'm going, from this point forward, Lord, I'm going to be the witness that you called me to be. Lord, from this point forward, I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your will. I'm going to seek your power. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm not going to work and move without you. I'm going to do as you want me to do. If we'll do that, I'm telling you folks, the devil can't stop what God wants to do. We could see revival in Carswell, Texas, if we just believe what the Bible says and practice it. The Holy Ghost of God is just as powerful today as he was when Paul the Apostle and Barnabas were walking on the sands of, uh, of Turkey, way back yonder, still able to do today what he did back then. The question is, are we willing to let God work in us the way they were? Let's stand together. I want you to just talk to God right there at your chair. And if you will, you don't have to do it out loud, but if you will, right where you're at, would you pray, God, what will you have me to do? Lord, what will you have me to do? I am your child. I love you, and I want to serve you. What will you have me to do? And I wonder if you pray these words and say, Lord, if you'll show me, I'll do it. If you'll show me, I'll do it. God, give me the grace to please you and to do your will. Father, I ask you this morning, Lord, help us to be conscious of the fact that the sand of time is slipping away from us. Lord, we've just crossed into a new year, but Lord, again, time is short. All signs in the world point to your coming. 
for the time is very short. Make us or aware of what little time we have left before it's too late, before it's all spent up and there's no more time to serve you. Lord, help us to realize the urgency of the hour. Lord, I pray your blessing be upon each and every one who's heard the message this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, we'll take, we'll take it to heart and we'll freely seek to please you with the time that we have left on this earth. Lord God, I just pray you help us now. Lord, be with each one. Lord, there's someone in here lost. I pray this man that they come to Christ and they get born again and have it settled forevermore that their names are written in heaven by believing on the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Lord God, somebody out there listening on our ways, I pray, Lord, this be the day that they finally get it settled once and for all. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing number 377. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can't